it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, everybody, to the first F1 Nation podcast of 2024. It's earlier than we'd planned because of the huge, huge news that Lewis Hamilton will be joining Ferrari in 2025. Lewis says leaving Mercedes is one of the hardest decisions he's ever had to make. So why has he decided to swap Mercedes silver for Ferrari red and how did it all happen? There is so much to talk about. We just had to do this special episode. Hello, it's Tom Clarkson with you. And later on, we'll be hearing from former Ferrari race engineer Rob Smedley on what awaits Lewis when he goes to the Scuderia. But right now, F1 correspondent and presenter Lawrence Barreto is with us, as is Sky Italy's Roberto Kinkaro. Guys, a very warm welcome to you both. What a news story. It was the biggest day in my career, I think, from a news perspective. I had my nan talking to me about the news. I had my 10-year-old cousin talking to me about the news and they have no interest in Formula One. Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. We've talked about it for years and it's finally happened. And Roberto, how has the news gone down in Italy? Today I had a look to the, the main uh, newspaper, uh, not, not only the sports one, I mean the, 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 the big mainstream, Everybody's talking about Lewis. He's in the, on the first page of all the newspaper. Two, four, five, eight pages in the, the sporting manager, the sporting magazine about this this story. Honestly, it was uh, so big because it was unexpected. But I'm not very surprised about this choice by Lewis. Go on, tell us more. Why? Uh, well, it happens. Uh, it happened in the past that. Uh, Lewis had a chat with the Ferrari uh, top management. Uh, every time happened when uh, he was uh, discussing, he was negotiating the new contract with Mercedes. Probably was a, a strategic uh, uh, move from Lewis, just because you want to have a, a plan B, just in case uh, something w- w- go in the wrong direction with the, the plan A. This time is different because Lewis is not leaving a very competitive car. I, for the first time, Mercedes is not in the condition to offer Lewis a car that is better than Ferrari on the paper. And at the same time, for Lewis, is the last call if he wants to drive a Ferrari. I think the combination of these two factors were crucial. In the past, in 2020 or in 2017, to leave Mercedes uh, meant to leave a, a, a very good car, the best car in the paddock. Now, uh, this condition is not there anymore. So, uh, the, the, the chance is now for Lewis. was really the last call and I call the Lewis choice the last dance. Like uh, like Michael Jordan, he's the last dance in red this time. So, uh, it should be, I think, fantastic from a lot of point of view. And Lawrence, you've been following the story for Formula One. Just how did the deal happen? Talk us through the nuts and bolts of it. Well, kind of like Roberto was talking about, Lewis has talked to Ferrari management for a number of years now at different points in his career. But each time it's always been an an informal chat. He's become friends with John Elkin, the chairman, and they've hung out socially. So you can imagine that topic 
came up. And even as recently as last May around the Monaco Grand Prix, when John Elkin called him again and said, Lewis, come to Ferrari. We want you here. We'll offer you the world. Lewis said no. But it was that was the last time in which it was only an informal chat. John gave him another call as autumn turned to winter. And he was like, Lewis, this is what we can offer you. A multi-year deal, a long-term deal. And at that time... Lewis had signed a one plus one with Mercedes. So he'd gone to Mercedes and he'd said before he signed the deal for 24 and 25, I'd like a three year deal. And they'd come back initially and said, we can only offer you a one year deal. And they compromised a, a two, effectively a two year deal, but a one plus one with options. And I imagine at that point in time, Lewis felt a bit disappointed by the way that the team had dealt with him. And then John called. And John really wants him and everyone loves to be loved, don't they? And kind of like what Roberto was talking about, about the last dance, Lewis thought, well, you know what? Mercedes and Ferrari, they're probably on par at the minute. Ferrari love me. They want me. They're going to offer me the long-term deal. And this is what they've offered him, a long-term deal. And he gets to drive in red like his his hero, Ayrton Senna, wanted to but never had the chance to do. So I think for him, it makes a lot of sense. And I understand that John's kind of told him, look, this is our plan. We've got the direction on development. Our power unit is going to be good for 2026 because we've got the tech and we've shown in years gone by that we can do it. And Lewis has gone, you know what? I actually think now Ferrari are the best chance for me to get that ETH World title. And it seems to me the catalyst then was that one year deal. Had Toto offered him a three year deal as he wanted, do you think we'd even be talking about Lewis in a Ferrari now? No, I don't think we would do because I think Lewis is loyal and I think he has a lot of time and respect for Toto. And those quotes in the press release where he said how how close he is to Toto and how respectful he is of Toto is true. And I think genuinely every time Lewis said, I want to end my career at Mercedes, he was being honest. I don't think he was lying at that point. But I think there comes a time when you feel like you're not valued. And I think that offer of a one-year deal for Lewis, who still believes he's operating at the peak of his powers, he still believes that he can go and win world championships, he still believes that he can beat Max Verstappen, who's dominating the sport, and then the team offers you a one-year deal. I would be pretty disappointed by that, I think. Uh, He's done this before, hasn't he? When he left McLaren to go for Mercedes, uh, he got his timing perfect back then Roberto do we feel that this is the moment to be joining Ferrari you know Formula One is cyclical isn't it do we feel that it's Ferrari's turn in the near future to start a period of domination it should be the right moment because I think that a new project started with Frederic Vasseur Um, at the end of this season uh, at least two uh, high-level engineers He's arriving in Maranello because the gardening is very long. They are doing investment in the in, in a way to, to manage the budget cap in the right way in order to have the maximum uh, energy possible to, to, to develop the car. It should be the right moment, yes. And I, sp- I think the target is 2026. I think that uh, it should be quite difficult to, to fight with Red Bull with this... Uh, uh, generation of car but 2026 is really a good chance for everybody of course not only for Ferrari well hang on can I pick you up on that everyone is saying you know Red Bull are dominating the current regulations of course Max had that record-breaking season last year but I'm gonna ever the optimist and when you look at the qualifying times from last year he was only ever a couple of tenths ahead of the field wasn't he okay take Singapore out of it 
everything is going to converge this year in 2024. It will get closer again in 25. Do you think Hamilton Lawrence can challenge for the championship in 25? Or in his mind, is that the bedding in year and it's all about 26? I think he'll give himself the comfort blanket if it be in the bedding in year, just like he had with Mercedes when he had that first year in 2013 before the regs changed in 2014. But I think he will always believe that he can go and fight for the championship. I think he'll believe that he can take that Ferrari to another level. I think he'll believe that he can match Charles on that epic qualifying pace that he had last year but then he can then turn it up in the races and kind of maybe be a step on from what Carlos kind of delivered in that car so I think he'll believe it whether or not that will become the reality I'm not so sure because I think Red Bull had plenty in their pocket last year and I I believe they turned their eyes to new development for this year so early that I imagine they'll probably kickstart this season hard and they'll do the same next year but I do like your optimism Tom so I kind of want to be in your camp on that side of things but I agree with Roberto that I think he's looking at 2026. Roberto, this is justification for Fred Vasseur, isn't it? The biggest signing in recent memory in Formula One. You know, if there is ever such a thing as, you know, job stability at Ferrari, he's now got it. Yeah, part of the job was done by Frederic Vasseur, but like... Uh... Uh, Lawrence mentioned, the, the man that pushed so hard to have Lewis is the president, John Elkan. And it's not the first time that he tried to, 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 to convince Lewis to, 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 to swap from Mercedes to Maranello. Uh, for sure, it's absolutely a good business for Fred. He's a guy that he knows. Uh, during the, the Christmas lounge, he said, uh, with the media, he said that uh, he was still calling Lewis at least one time a month, but sometimes every week. Uh, I remember that he was the, the team principal and the owner of IRT Grand Prix when Lewis uh, won Formula 3 and GP2. He changed the career of Lewis in that moment. Uh, so the relationship has always been very strong during 20 years, because it's a long time ago. At the moment for Fred, is, uh, you know, he has two guys in the team. He will have two guys that complete different generation like Leclerc and Lewis, of course. But every, they both drove and won for IRT with Fred Vasseur as team owner. Uh, so there is, uh, in, in that context, in the junior categories, is perfect to, to, to start human relationship. Is that we have no stress, you are less people, you have the possibility to travel together, to, to live together, everybody's in the same hotel, everybody's have dinner together. So it's more easy uh, to start with a, a good friendship. And I think, um, for Fred should be saying, you know, a kind of victory because he, want, he would like to have Lewis. He said last year, I, a couple of times he said to me, to have Lewis is something that helps you to have also the best engineers. If you have Lewis, it's, uh, it's like a present card for, for the best engineer. Hey, guy, we are really pushing hard now. And uh, I think all, also from this point of view, it's a very good deal for Ferrari. You know, I, I did wonder whether the reason that Toto Wolff signed up James Allison on a long-term deal very recently was because he'd got wind of this deal. And James obviously has a great history with Ferrari and he was wondering maybe whether there might be a, a flow of more engineers from Mercedes to Ferrari because they've already got Loic Serra uh, joining in the middle of 2024, haven't they? Uh, Lawrence, how do you think Charles Leclerc feels about all this do you think he's going to relish the challenge of having 
Lewis Hamilton alongside. Do you think he was even aware of the Lewis deal when he re-signed very recently? Just quickly, Tom, I'm pretty sure the reason why Toto signed James Allison is because someone else came calling for James Allison and he had to sign him up on a longer term deal. But that might be a... Do you think someone in red? Do you think someone in red? No, I knocking? think someone in green actually came knocking. But uh, that's probably the subject for another podcast. How do I think? Um, <laughs> how do I think Charles going to do? I actually think he's going to love this opportunity because I think if Carlos hadn't had um, so many DNFs last year, Carlos would have beaten Charles two out of three years together, and I think that would have been a difficult spot for Charles to be in after that period in time. I think with Lewis coming, it's almost a win-win situation. Get beaten by the greatest driver in the history of the sport. Kind of understandable. Beat the greatest driver of the sport. And it shows that the hype is really worth it. And I think he'll back himself to have settled into the team so well now to understand how they work, understand the culture of the team, you know, have that kind of like split second decision making that he can do with the engineers, that he'll have that edge over Lewis early on and I think he'll back himself to deliver those kind of qualifying performances that he delivered last year I think he'll back himself to have a better relationship with John Elkin because we know that he's got a strong relationship with the Ferrari management he obviously knows Fred very well so for, and for the number of reasons that Lewis has joined Ferrari for those relationships Charles already got all of those relationships so I think it's a really good spot for him to be in at the minute and it's a great spot for us as fans because we really do need to find out who the real Charles Leclerc is, don't we? I think we've seen flashes of brilliance from him. We've heralded him as a star of the future, but he hasn't quite made that big leap into convincing us, I think, that he is world championship material. And now he's got the best opportunity and it's kind of a sink or swim opportunity for him, isn't it? And do you think he'll sink or do you think he'll swim? I actually happen to think that he's probably going to have the edge over Lewis in that early phase because I think of the way that Ferrari works and Roberto will hopefully be able to talk a little bit more about this. But the way that I understand the culture of that team works, it's going to take Lewis some adjustment, just like it took Carlos some adjustment, just like it took Seb some time to adjust. So I think that will give Charles the edge. But I do think that once Lewis has got a car that he feels comfortable in behind the wheel, that he knows can deliver... I think that world champion-esque element to him that gives you that extra tenth of a second will make the difference. And that is what Ferrari have bought. And that is what they hope will give them the world championship for the first time since, what, 2008? There are some British engineers at Ferrari and Jock Clear, uh, one of the engineers, uh, has worked with Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes in the past. But Roberto, how different then? Let's follow up on... Lawrence's point how different is the challenge at Ferrari for Hamilton how different is the culture let's start with the language is it is is the the language of the team Italian or is it English at the racetrack no no is it English is all the factory speaking all the the gestione sportiva that is the the sport department of Ferrari is English spoken uh, email meeting everything is in English uh, I think 20 years ago was different but now the the work system is uh, more standard, is the same in every team. They have changed small details, but the approach is the same one. I'm not expecting big difficult from this point of view, honestly. So surely we have a little bit more pressure from uh, media. Carlos Sainz was the guy that explained very well. Uh, when Before I signed with Ferrari, everybody was talking me about the pressure, the media pressure. I say, okay, uh, no problem, I can manage it. But if you don't are here, you don't understand what means. So. Probably from that point of view, for Lewis will be a, a little bit new. Honestly, I'm, I'm quite optimistic. 
I can found only a problem uh, in the Italian restaurants because here the vegan cuisine is not so <laughs> so difficult. Especially in Maranello, <laughs> for a vegan guy, it's difficult eh, to find the right place. A part of that, I think, is uh, no. I'm, I'm not expecting good problem. But also, I agree with uh, with Lawrence. Uh, for Shal, it should be an opportunity. This one. It remember me when uh, Michael Schumacher arrived in Mercedes. Everybody say, "Oh, Nico Rosberg is killed. He's finished his career in Formula One." For uh, everybody said, uh, "Is the uh, this news is going definitely to kill his career?" In the end, it was a good opportunity for Nico. And the same happened when Leclerc arrived in Ferrari together with uh, with Sebastian Vettel. Some people said uh, he's too young. He has not a lot of experience. If, if you put a young guy close to Sebastian Vettel, you are going to kill me. At the end of the season, probably the situation was the opposite. It was Charles that was killing Sebastian? So. Um, I'm expecting a good, a good experience. And honestly, finally, you will have this kind of problem uh, in terms of a relationship. You should have this kind of problem only when you have the car for the World Championship. I'm, I'm not expecting a big internal fight for P3 or P4. But of course, the day you add the car for the P1 for the World Championship, in just in that case, you can have problem. And I think Ferrari now is dreaming to have that kind of problem. Ferrari has answered what next for them. They've got Hamilton, they've got Leclerc, they've got Vasseur's position is strengthened within the team. They're set fair. But what does it mean for the rest of the grid? Let's start with Carlos Sainz. Okay, he has a contract till the end of 2024. What next for him, Lawrence? I actually think he's not in too bad a spot at the minute. I think he probably looked at the fact that he's lost his seat to the greatest driver of a generation as probably some sort of it it's probably the best thing that could have happened to him because it just shows that if that was going to happen it, at least it was Lewis at least it wasn't like an Albon or someone else who he would have felt pretty disappointed by he's got tons of options I think he knows Toto Wolf very well I know that at Mercedes they want consistency they want someone who's going to not rock the boat and they want someone who's going to get on well with George Russell and Carlos Sainz fits that bill but I know for a fact that he could have an option at Aston Martin he can have an option at Sauber that will become Audi in 2026 and he can have an option at Williams and I know that they don't all scream Ferrari at you but they are all teams in the potential ascendancy at different rates over the next few years so I actually think he's in a very good spot and I think once he comes to terms with the fact that his time at Ferrari is over I don't think he's going to be too damn beat. He's got the potential, if he goes to Mercedes, of a car that could be fighting for race wins almost immediately. If he goes to Aston Martin, he's got a team that's already fighting for podiums and is going the right way. If he goes and hooks up with his old boss, Andreas Seidel at Sauber, he's got a manager who he knows can turn things around. And if he goes to Williams, look what James Fowles has done in the course of a year and the money that they're putting into that team. It could be a lot worse, I think, for him. Well, let's talk about Mercedes then. Um, for me, the key to who replaces Lewis Hamilton is Andrea Kimi Antonelli, uh, a young driver who's been on the Mercedes books since he was in karting. Um, he his his route to the top has been accelerated. He's not doing Formula Three. He's jumping straight from Formula Regional into Formula Two this year with uh, the best team on the grid, Prima. He isn't going to be ready to replace Lewis Hamilton in 2025, even if he wins the F2 championship this year. But I think 
Toto Wolff's colours are nailed to Antonelli longer term. And I think his plan was to replace Lewis Hamilton with Antonelli for 26. Had Hamilton done both of those two years, the one plus one that you were talking about, Lawrence. So I feel that they need a stopgap, which means I don't think a young, ambitious driver like an Albon or even a Sainz may get a look in there. I'm going to put it to you guys that they need a stopgap. And that could come in the shape of Fernando Alonso, who's out of contract at Aston Martin. Or let's go left field. Do you think Toto Wolff could lure Sebastian Vettel back? Four-time world champion. That would satisfy all the Mercedes sponsors for two years until Antonelli is ready. What do you think? That's a good question. I I think that uh, if you are in the condition to offer a two-season deal, uh, there are many possible drivers but if you want to offer only one year deal uh, I agree with you uh, the number of uh, of drivers you can call is is, is much smaller in that case I, probably uh, a driver like Fernando Alonso uh, he should have an interest to do one season in Mercedes he, he tried a lot of time in the past to come to Mercedes uh, uh, without success it should make sense for him just a, a kind of another last dance for one year and then the right way to say goodbye to Formula One. Uh, the problem of Antonelli is that uh, he should be ready for Formula One, but you probably you you know that in summertime uh, it should be a little bit. It's too late for Formula One uh, in terms of a uh, uh, drivers' market. Uh, so uh, it's not easy situation for for Toto. Uh, of course, he, he has good relationship with Albon, with Ocon with a lot of guys, but it's, it's hard to offer a, a, this driver one-year deal. It's not uh, easy for them because, remember, there is Audi on the market, one seat in Red Bull, uh, one seat in Aston Martin, or two seats in Aston Martin. So Mercedes should not be alone on the, on the market. It's not alone on the market. I think, like, assuming that Antonelli has an incredible year this year, having skipped F3, and he has an incredible year in F2, and he goes and wins it in the way that, you know, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen storm through the junior categories. Assuming that happens, I still think that Toto's preference would be to put him in a in a Williams maybe first and give Antonelli a year or two in that team, just like Charles had a couple of years in Sauber, that Max had a couple of years in Toro Rosso. I'm not sure Toto's quite the gambler to put him straight into that Mercedes, even if they are in this rebuild process. And that's why, from what already the early conversations that are happening and what I'm hearing is, I think they are prepared to offer a two-year, ironically, a two-year deal to entice the kind, to widen the pool of who they can entice over. Because I actually think Fernando will still want more than one because... Fernando's going to drive till he's 50, right? So he doesn't want to give up this Aston project for a one-year dance at Mercedes. I think he'd want to go there and, you know, give him a two-year, give him something to really chew on for a couple of years, give him uh, an opportunity to rile some people up, you know, do do his Fernando thing. So I think Fernando is a great shout, Tom. But then I do think that then if they're looking at properly rebuilding this team and consistently 
developing the car. They want a driver who can deliver good feedback. And Sainz and and Albon talk to anyone that they've worked with. Talk to Red Bull for both of those drivers. Talk to Ferrari, especially for Sainz, in terms of feedback and car development. And they will tell you that they are very good on that. And I'm not saying that George Russell isn't strong in that area. But I think that that would be a real strong point for that team going forward, just as Fernando would be, of course. So um, it depends if they want fireworks or not, I guess. Lawrence, you mentioned George Russell. Um, He's one of the winners in all of this, isn't he? In that Mercedes is now his train set. It will be fascinating to see how the dynamic between him and Hamilton changes during 24, though, won't it? Yeah, and I can't wait for it because we've already seen some flashpoints, Tom, haven't we, where they've got a bit too close for comfort out on track and... Mercedes have had to be as fair as they can be because they want to protect both their star drivers in very different spots in their career. They do not have to do that now. And there's already been a tonal shift, I think, given that Lewis has decided to leave. I've already sensed it. It's been, what, less than 24 hours. So I do think they are going to throw everything behind George because he is their future now. And I I am interested to see how he's going to take that because we want to see George under pressure and delivering. And so I think it's a real opportunity for him to show the world that he can go and lead this team into the next kind of generation, into that next cycle. I'm intrigued to see if he can do it. Do you think Russell will have any say over who his teammate is from 25 onwards? No, because I just don't, I don't feel, while him and Toto are close, I don't think that Toto feels the need to have George's approval or even to keep him into that loop. I think the only person on the grid who would ever get that is Max Verstappen, if I'm honest, and maybe Charles Leclerc. And that's no disrespect to George, but I think the way that Toto runs his operation is, I know what I'm doing. I'm managing the drivers. You know, we've got this track record as a team of, of delivering the right decisions, making bringing the right drivers in, even bringing Bottas in when Rosberg left. You know, I think he'll back himself to make those right calls. And actually, it might be quite useful for Toto to, to bring someone in that's really going to give George a bit of a kick because every driver needs that kind of thing in their career to make them find that next level. You know, we've seen it with Lando at McLaren. He's really upped his game since Soska's got there. So I think that Toto might even play not a game but I think he'll be quite clever in who he puts in that second seat with an eye of bringing the very best out of George it's a big year for Mercedes anyway 2024 in terms of where they're at from a competitive point of view and I think what Toto Wolff does next with his other driver the 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 guy who's going to replace Lewis Hamilton could be a defining moment in, in his tenure at the team, because let's not forget that when Lewis came to Mercedes, Ross Braun was actually in charge of the Mercedes Formula One team with Nicky Lauda, and it was Braun and Lauda that brought Hamilton to the team. So this is Toto's first opportunity to bring in a superstar of his choosing. So what he does will be fascinating. And if it doesn't work out, I wonder I wonder what happens next for him. But anyway, that is down the road. Um Lawrence, great to speak to you. Uh, What a news story. I only hope for Lewis's sake that part of his deal is equity in Ferrari. Did you see what the share price did yesterday? It shot up, (laughs) didn't it? Absolutely shot up. Fair play to them. Yeah, it's a huge story. Uh, The biggest that I can remember in, I mean, my first race as a working journalist was the British Grand Prix in 1995. And I'm thinking back. Has there been a bigger story in the time that I've been involved? I mean, 
I remember Schumacher going to Ferrari from Benetton was huge, but there was an inevitability about that. Whereas this was, you know, caught everybody apart from you, Lawrence, off guard, uh, Hamilton to Ferrari. So it is huge. It gives us uh, a wonderful narrative over the next 12 months as we build up to Hamilton at Ferrari. And then when the cars roll out in Melbourne for the first race of 25, oh, it's a mouthwatering prospect, isn't it? Hamilton in red. Lawrence, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. Um, I've been super excited this last 48 hours just talking to everyone about the potential of this deal and to have this further chat to just discuss the real potential for Formula One as a whole. I, I can't wait. Bring on 25 now, right? <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Lawrence. And thank you to you as well, Roberto. Great to get your insight onto how things are shaping out in Maranello and Coming up next, we're going to be joined by former Ferrari race engineer Rob Smedley to get his thoughts on what awaits Hamilton when he gets to the Scuderia. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Joining us now on this special edition of F1 Nation is former Ferrari race engineer, Rob Smedley. Rob, uh, friend of the show, how are you? Lovely to see you. And you, mate. Thank you very much for uh, having me on. Um, yeah, a lot going on, right? A bit of a busy morning. <laughs> it's been a busy last 48 hours, I must say. But look, let's get your thoughts, first of all, on why Hamilton has made the switch to Ferrari. What, what do you think are the reasons behind it? So I think drivers like Lewis, they he needs a new challenge, right? Um, he's had this really long partnership, um, a huge amount of success with Mercedes, but drivers like Lewis, I mean, Toto describes him himself, he's a winning machine, right? And, and when he's not winning, he will do everything he can to, you know, stay bonded with the team and stay motivated with the team but there's only so long you can kind of do that before you get the you're given the the, the drug of winning again and before you're given the, the the chance of of winning that you know the elusive eighth title and that's what he wants right he's, he's desperate for that um make no mistake this is a you know, a driver who's won everything in the sport and got all of the records. Um, you know, he's still on the the equal seventh world title with 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 Michael Schumacher. Um, but this is a driver that, if for for all the medals and and world championships that he's won, he could have retired a, a long time ago. A very very successful driver. He's driven. He's hungry. 
He's in this sport because he wants to win that eighth world title. And he obviously thinks that Ferrari offer him a better chance than Mercedes do. And what awaits him at Ferrari? Okay, you know, you worked there for what was it, nearly a decade. How different is that team to to Mercedes, to McLaren, where Lewis was before? Uh, I think I think what awaits him is the if you take the top teams in Formula One, the the, the way they are structured technically, the amount that they've been able to invest into their teams in which which has built capability to be able to build fast Formula One cars that have a potential to win world championships. There's probably not a great deal of difference. There's going to be nuances that Lewis will notice from, from Mercedes to Ferrari. But I can't believe that there's there's a huge difference between the teams. But what will absolutely take him by surprise, I think, is the way that the team will embrace him and more so the fans will embrace him. You know, I don't think that there's any fans in the world who are as passionate and united um, as a nation behind their Formula One team. You know, this is a, make no mistake that that Ferrari is as big, um, if not bigger than the national football team, than any of the national teams, you know. Um, we, as, as, as UK Formula One fans, we tend to kind of divide our, you know, we've got, we can be Ferrari fans, we can be Mercedes fans, we can be, you know, we can kind of get get partisan behind whatever team we like. In Italy, there's there, there's one team, um, and that brings a huge amount of energy. And I think that Lewis is a guy that that thrives off that energy. He's always been very good with on a reciprocal basis. You know, trying to use the energy of 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 the fans. You know, either in the stadium, in the in the track, or or just in general. You know, massive following, um, very well loved and respected I would say across the board as a driver within within the sport so I think that he's going to be um, he's going to be able to use that the, the the fan power if you like to, to drive him onto better things tell us more about the way the team is going to embrace him and how you you say that it'll be different to Mercedes is is Ferrari like a big family uh, well <laughs> no teams like a big family honestly <laughs> Uh, and it's a long time since that Ferrari, right? Um, which we've, you know, we've got to take that into account. And it's it's got a different set of people there. But I think the culture is still the same. The culture is one of, you know, unwavering belief that this is the most important thing in our lives and we all have to get behind it. You know, the people that work there are so passionate about... Ferrari and the, the the culture of Ferrari and the culture of winning, and I think that Lewis will. It, it's certainly a very it's certainly a very warm team. Um, you know, it has that warmth to it, and and my you know it, it's it's without a doubt when I look back on on my time within the teams, it's the it's the most fond memories that I have of as pulling together as a team. You know, and being and be united um, through 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 really quite tough times. And I think that Lewis, if it feels to me, I don't know Lewis, you know, very well, but it feels to me that he is a driver that will thrive in that environment as well. You know, taking all of that, like love that is given to him effectively, that that really, you know, strong, positive energy um, that's just constantly there. You know, it doesn't go away. Um, the fans can get, the Tifosi can get a little bit upset with you at times when, when you're going through a fallow period. And, you know, equally... 
they 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 let you know about that as much as they let you know that you know when 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 you're their their firm favorite they also let you know when um you perhaps haven't done um what they were expecting over the last you know few races so but but for me that that's great right you want to be surrounded by people that are very open and honest right and you know wear their heart on the sleeve and just tell you how it is so you know when 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 you're in favor you know when you're not um, but I think that Lewis will have a long grace period, a long period of grace. Um, and I think he will help very much to drag the team together as well. You know, him, people like Fred, all of those guys drag it all together and, and start to really give it a, a, an extra an extra gear to, to push it forward. We've seen other superstars go to Ferrari and not win the World Championship. I'm thinking Fernando Alonso, I'm thinking Sebastian Vettel. Do you think it's going to be different this time with Hamilton? Do you think he brings something different? I think it potentially can be. I think that he's such a consummate professional um, that he will lift every area of the team. I think the a, a, a difference perhaps from certainly when I was there and Fernando was there is that the, they've they've actually... You know they they've shown their potential over the last few years, uh, like even last year, like they showed their potential that they were one of the few teams that were actually you know genuinely able to take it to Red Bull on occasion, especially in qualifying. Then there was you know there's there's areas where they need to improve if they're gonna if they're gonna genuinely challenge for World Championships. There's areas where they need to improve, and I think Lewis definitely can be a catalyst for that. You know for for crystallizing the team. Um, you know, around him or around him and Charles, you know, however that, that works out. And just giving them, sometimes a Formula One team just needs, you know, everybody's putting in 110%, but it just needs something to help them put in that extra 1%. And that 1%, so you're putting in 111%, um, all the mathematicians are going to hate me for using a number bigger than 100, but whatever. Um, but, you know, putting in that extra 1 2%, it makes a massive difference. And once you get, it's the same as what happened with Red Bull after their fallow period. Once you start to win, it actually becomes difficult to stop, right? You've got to almost make specific interventions for it to stop, like like breaking up the team, key drivers leaving or, or stuff like that. That's how things, that, that's how periods of, of domination stop. But you see... Once it gets a sniff of winning and it's got a group of people behind it or instrumental within that team, people like Lewis who are just winning machines and just are driven to win weekend in, weekend out. And if you've got that group of people leading your team, it actually becomes difficult to lose. And I think that's what we may see with Ferrari. And how do you think Fred Vasseur, John Elkin are going to manage the two drivers? Because... Charles Leclerc is hugely quick. Uh, Lewis Hamilton doesn't need any introduction in that way. Because in the past, Ferrari have always favoured one driver. I'm thinking Schumacher over Massa, Alonso over Massa. Fernando is faster than you, one of your infamous lines. Can't remember. Can't remember. <laughs> do you think there will be... Will Lewis be favoured over Charles or do you think they're going to try and run two number ones? I think. I think what... What the, the, my feeling on this, and and I haven't you know spoken to anyone uh, at Ferrari about this or anyone who would have made a decision um, to take Lewis. My feeling is that they 
you know, they, they, they wouldn't really be thinking in those terms right now. They see that as this is a, this is a, a, another level as a teammate for Charles, if you like, which will, for a, for a teammate of, of Charles's caliber, Lewis will be able to teach him a lot and it will, it will facilitate an improvement in Charles. So if you've got an improved Charles and you've got Lewis Hamilton in your team, um, that's a win-win. Now, at some point, you know, there's a possibility that they will have to manage the drivers, you know, if they're very close and Lewis or Charles is, is a favoured for the World Championship. But that's, a, you know, in, in plain terms, Tom, that's a first world problem to have, right? I'm sure that Ferrari is sat there hoping that they need to manage their two drivers, you know, or one over the other to, to get them a World Championship back to Maranello. You know, I think that Fred... Vasseur, in those types of terms, is a really strong manager. I think that he'll have no problem, you know, kind of controlling that situation and just getting the best out of both drivers for the team. But absolutely, as we sit here today, they will be relishing the fact that you've got Lewis Hamilton coming into your team that gives you a lift. That will give a lift to the rest of the team, including Charles Leclerc. So you end up in a win-win situation. God, it's mouthwatering, isn't it? It's so exciting. It's super exciting, right? I mean, you know, I um, may or may not have had an inkling this was coming off, but, you know, for me, even, you know, even if it's just by a few hours, it's kind of like, it, it kind of makes you step back. Like, this is what I love about Formula One, you know, and I've always loved. It's the, it's it's so unpredictable, right? If you sit here at Christmas and think, that point, I think Lewis had already signed is is now what has become a, a one plus one, Contract, and you think, okay, well, Lewis is kind of, you know, Mercedes is sorted, all the top teams are sorted. Lando comes in and he signs for McLaren. Um, in what I thought was actually, um, if if I may just go off topic for for just a ten seconds, it was a really nice and magnanimous gesture by a driver to do that for a team. Actually, what Lando did for McLaren, saying that I've done this because I want the team to know how much I trust them, I thought that was a really nice gesture. But anyway, you know, going back to the point, everybody's kind of signed and you think, well, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Let's see if there can be any, you know, disruption this year f- um, to the Red Bull juggernaut. And then you get this bit of news and it's great. This is what's great about Formula One, right? It's been a fairly heavy, heavy week for news. It is indeed. Well, look, Rob, thank you very much for your time. Great to get your thoughts. You've been there, done that in Maranello and uh, we now have an idea what awaits Lewis Hamilton in 2025 so thank you thanks Tom speak to you soon well for more on Lewis's move to Ferrari please do check out Formula1.com and F1's social media channels and F1 Nation is going to be back on Monday the 26th of February we'll be looking at the times from pre-season testing and previewing the first race of 2024 but for now thanks for listening F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios. Formula One is the greatest sport in the world. But there can be a lot to understand. Don't worry, we're here to help. I'm Katie Osborne. This is Christian Hugill. And welcome to F1 Explains. This is the official F1 podcast about how the sport really works. The drivers, the cars, the rules, the words, the risk takers, late breakers, and history makers that amaze and inspire us every race weekend. 
Hit like, follow or subscribe for new episodes every Friday as we answer your questions about F1 with the help of some very special guests. Oscar Piastri, welcome for your debut on F1 Explains. Thank you, thanks for having me. Double World Champion Nika Hakkinen, welcome to F1 Explains. The ticket, Nika, what, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And by your side, a woman whose race strategy once made Sergio Perez cry. It's important for me to say tears of joy. Welcome back, Bernie Collins. Thank you so much. You've just not heard the crying ones from losing the race. <laughs> Susie Wolf joining us here on F1 Explains. What a joy to have you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me, Christian Hugill and Katie Osborne on the stage is Formula One legend David Coulthard. We'll be here across the 2024 season with current drivers and legends of the sport. Plus, insights and explanations from people you don't usually get to hear from, the unseen experts who are essential to Formula One. We need your question to put to our experts. Are you F1 Explains? <laughs> we are. I love your podcast. I love F1 Explains. <laughs> Christian Newfield. <laughs> And Katie Osborne. Katie Osborne. Record it as a voice note on your phone, or you can write it in an email and send it to F1Explains at F1.com. Just search for F1 Explains wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll speak to you soon. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.